This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. The countdown is on to opening fishing, so fish in Paul Bunyan country is in full swing, and we check in with Brian Bro Brosdahl today. I won't ever understand my shorties be mad when all I want to do is stick my toes in the sand. There's nothing wrong with champagne, dancing and such, but the nightlife in the city don't impress me much. Some trout. The fishes all tremble at the thought of me when I'm F-I-S-H-I-I-N Paul Bunyan country. If you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. This is Dick Beardsley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hey, it's always a pleasure when we get to talk to Brian Bro Rosedahl, Rose the Guide Service. Bro, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Kev. Well, we're going to talk about the uh, likelihood of, uh, of softwater fishing down the road, but you did get some softwater fishing on the river the, yesterday, you say. Yeah, I went for, for surgeon, and the water's starting to clear up. Uh, we... we got a lot of small ones but the big ones are going to start to go here and uh it's always fun pulling in big dinosaurs <laughs> how was the bite out there oh it was good it, it didn't, doesn't take long to get bit um uh, not nothing real giant uh, last year i only got to go a few times and we had one day where we had quite a few that were in that 60 plus category and uh so far still in that uh, 30 to 50 inch uh category so uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, a small sturgeon here and there, and uh, it just gives you action. It's nice to have something going on while you're waiting. <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's about the only place you can find open water uh, in northern Minnesota right now. Absolutely. Well, in that last uh, snow we had kind of slowed down the thaw, but the ice is saturated. As I went around checking conditions of the ice, there's a lot of ice farther out you could see the the change in the characteristic but there's no way to get out there unless you have a will craft uh but uh, that being said the ice wouldn't be safe anyway right now because it's it's pretty saturated it was it's been saturated just sitting there for a long time so one heat up and a little bit of wind's going to do a lot of damage so you don't think you're going to need to have your lithium batteries charged for your auger on the opener uh, no no i don't think uh Unless you had uh, the only way you would be able to do it, I did. There was somebody fishing two days ago on on a lake, and there was a lot of ice on the south shore. Uh, but uh, I don't think so because the shorelines are pretty well shot, and there's you know some of the lakes that had 
uh, 26 inches of ice two weeks ago uh, still have a lot out there. But uh, anything with a flowage, Bemidji, uh, Irvin, uh, you know, Cass, Winnie, all that stuff, it starts eating away. The nice thing in our area is we do have lakes that are that are all different depths and and do have rivers and streams attached to them. So there will be somewhere to go. And, uh, you know, just uh, Red Lake has a ton of ice, so that's going to really take some heat to open that, that one up. It's going to be really close. Um, but uh, with that increased limit and then uh, even when Red Lake's tough, it's still good. Um, that's going to be a hard one to pass up in an urban. Irvin always goes out early, and uh, Bemidji is usually just a few weeks after Minnetonka goes out. So everything's kind of, uh, it's going to be close. I I would say some of the lakes are going to go out after the opener. You get uh, Lake of the Woods, Rainy might go a week after, and uh, but it depends. It depends on what we get. uh, If we start getting up in that 60s and then uh, get a wind, it erodes it fast. Well, we're hoping for that because I think there's a lot of people ready to get on the water. Absolutely. Uh, you might have to go south. And, <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, the main rivers are all flooded. The, the you know, rainy river's up, but not flood states like everything else out there. Uh, so you really can't just go to a southern part of the river. That's in, unfishable right now. There's, there's super high floodwaters. But I would say uh, people should plan opener. Let it be a state of mind. I mean, uh, I mean, do you have to drive a couple hours south? Uh, do you have to drive? Do you have to. I mean, not everybody can fit between uh, Irving and Bemidji <laughs> on the riverbank. But uh, <laughs> hey, you might see me if you drive over the bridge. I'll wave. Oh, <laughs> uh, you it's, know, it's really close. It it is frustrating, obviously, and I know a lot of people always ask, "Well, how's that going to affect the fish?" It really doesn't affect the fish that much. Uh, as soon as they can go, they'll go, and 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 they'll be they'll be ready to eat. Oh yeah, it's uh, you know, we see it sometimes on large waters, like red, for instance. Many people have been up there and and hooked a, a walleye, and then had two two or three following it. If you do catch a female, the males will follow it right up to the surface and. So even during the spawn, some places may be closed. Sometimes they close cut foot uh, up to a certain uh, narrows, and it depends on uh, where we're at as far as the fish. Uh, as soon as we, as soon as we get a, a little bit more thaw, then the, the fish will definitely uh, the river spawners will be up in the rivers on all of our bodies of water, but they don't stick around uh, too much. The males will linger which provide action later, but uh, uh, Mississippi itself in in all its characteristics might be holding fish all along the way, um, but it's the Minnesota walleye opener, uh, so just just think creative. Uh, time to get the maps out, and uh, let's just say that Heather and I might be fishing where there's flowing water. Okay. <laughs> the worst, worst case scenario, we'll just run back up to Rainy River because with higher water and cooler temperatures, there's still going to be lingering fish up there uh, that you can catch on their way back that haven't dropped back. Or even the, the gap, you, you don't. The gap is an amazing spot. But you don't want to be fishing right at the gap when the launches and every other boat comes out. I've been there before. Uh, if you get past the gap, 
uh, and find some area right before you get to the ice. It can be amazing fishing on Lake of the Woods, uh, on that edge, right where you meet the ice. And plus, the saugers will be spawning, um, so uh, rocks and gravel and hard bottom areas, even in that uh, 15 to 20 feet of water, will have saugers. So there's there's a lot of a lot of places uh, to fish, and I have a feeling it's going to be a close uh, comfort uh, as far as boats and people fishing. I think you're you're probably right about that. Um, have I mean you've been through a lot of openers, and I know there have been yeah. some that have been very very tight. Uh, how does this one stack up uh, this spring so far to some of the latest springs you can remember? I remember uh, fishing. Uh, this is probably eight to ten years ago. Fishing Cast Lake on the opener because it had good ice, and I was fishing through the ice, and the boats that were fishing. Uh, next to the ice but in a where the river is flowing <laughs> yeah uh they weren't catching fish and i was catching them because the walleyes are hiding under the ice but they weren't in farther they're right on that edge they're sitting under the ice moving back and forth and but even then i actually uh, had borrowed a will craft to do it just because the shorelines are real bad but some lakes you could actually make it out from the shoreline but most of them you can't so this is very similar but this ice is super rotten in, in, in spots, more so than that year. So uh, it, it is one of those, there's, there's going to be ice on the opener, and it's not as fishable as the last time, the last couple times when we had ice on big waters on the opener. It's, it's, um, it's kind of shot from all the rain and that super heat, and uh, we had the 60, 70 degree temperatures, and uh, so it's, it's a big pile of, mushy stuff out there uh so it it, it could go either way but uh, i've seen it before uh we might have ice uh piles up on the shoreline if we get heavy wind um but it's 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 definitely going to be interesting and it wasn't that many weeks ago i was chasing crappies on upper red and uh the biggest trouble is you had the, the ice is so thick i had to use an extension on the drill to fish and uh that's a lot of drilling, and that wasn't that long ago. And there was snow for, for the uh, sun to melt down. So as, as long as we get down to the ice again, it won't take too long. But definitely uh, Minnesota opener is going to be interesting. I think it's it's just like, you know, a decade ago in, uh, in uh, most of your fish on the lake spawners we won't be able to get to in some of the large bodies of water, but we'll be able to get to the river spawners. So let's uh, recap uh, the ice fishing season. You would have been out there no matter how difficult it was. And it was not the easiest winter to get out on the ice, and a lot of people struggled. But when you were out there, you had the holes drilled. Was was the bite good? Uh, actually, this was one of the worst bites that I've seen in 14 years. It started out good. Uh, the, the walleye bite was good on, on all the lakes in uh, uh from November, December, and then the first week of January, and then it fell down from there. And I just remember uh, people were excited because uh, when he had a lot of eaters in it, and it self-protected, nature protected it. If, if not, we would have lost everything, I think, because the roads went farther, faster. There's roads all the way to the other side of the lake this winter out there. and But all those little perch minnows saved it. And when we have the overabundance of young-of-the-year perch, and we have many year classes of it, it just shut it down because the walleyes didn't have to 
search for food. There, the food was everywhere, and they did pick up right before it closed. But for the most part, the walleye fishing was slow. The perch were scattered because perch eat perch. Um, I think nature's uh, uh, by filling the lake full of perch minnows, we uh, we actually saved the fish. The fish are there. That's what I want to tell people who didn't do good on the ice, um, and they do grow. So when those perch get to be, you know, three, four inches long, they're going to eat what everything else eats. So we're going to see the fish have to eat. But but it should be good for walleye growth, and um, we should see some more activity. So I'm glad. I love ice fishing. It's my favorite. But I'm glad that that year's over. It started out nice. It was easy to get around. It was 30 degrees in January. But then it started lingering, and the conditions were really tough. And there was no real good late ice. Uh, normally in northern Minnesota, late ice means the snow melts down and you got a big parking lot. You could drive truck anywhere. You could do anything. And uh, we didn't quite have that this year. Man, myth, and legend Brian Bro Brosdahl of Bro's Guide Service, my guest today. Got a lot more to cover with Bro next. I'm Bro Brosdahl, proud to help educate Kevin Jackson on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu. I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. The conversation continues with Bro Rosedahl. I'm assuming early season's going to be good once that uh, once that waters have open. Um, but overall, based on what you've seen the last couple of years, are our, our walleye numbers on most of our Paul Bunyan Country lakes looking good? Are we got some concerns out there? What's going on? Uh, walleye numbers are fantastic. Um, I I've never seen so many eater-sized walleyes everywhere, and it's not just Winnie. Everybody's picking on Winnie, but they're on red. They're on uh, Bemidji. They're on uh, all the lakes. Uh, Leech Lake has a school of smaller eater walleyes, and there's even smaller yet. So there's a lot of year classes coming up, and you know, just from talking to the the fisheries, I always uh, we we have heard many times that a late lingering ice leads to good walleye hatches because there's there's less chance of eggs getting silted over. It warms up, they hatch out, and they go, and we have. So this looks like another year of a good walleye hatch. The lakes are full of walleyes right now, eater size. And uh, crappies and bluegills were, were good all winter. Uh, they didn't slow down. With all the little tiny perch in the waters, obviously crappies and bluegills eat uh, zooplankton and a lot of insects. I think they're getting into their food. So the crappies, one of the better years for crappies and bluegills. Um, and uh, so I think this ice, uh, it's going to be interesting. The walleyes are going to be still spawning in most lakes or in the middle of the spawn. They're going to be done spawning when that water temperature hits about 43 degrees. But then, uh, uh, you know, at 50, they're pretty much done. But they still they'll linger in those areas. So if, if you have lakes that have gravel shorelines and, um, you know, have a little wind blowing into them, you should be able to get on some good eaters. And Irving is one of those lakes that 
there's been times when, when in the tournaments where most of your anglers had to go to Irving to have a chance to win because Bemidji was too cold. So follow your temperature and remember water depth is, is a key thing to pay close attention to. If a lake is super deep, it's not going to fire yet. So, uh, you know, in my guide service, uh, we don't go to a lake that's not biting. We, we go to biting lakes. And so I follow the temperature, you know, from shallow to deep in the spring. And then I go from deep to shallow, uh, in, in the, in the fall, actually the, uh, Actually, I'm sorry. Uh, shallow, deep, the same there too. As the water cools off, the the fall bite starts. So it's the same. Follow your temperatures. Find the warmest temperature, and you're going to be set. And uh, it, it's going to be interesting because the walleyes are going to be where they should be, but will you find them because it's earlier than normal? Right. Good. Very good point. Um, one of the Make other. Sure you have fireball jigs too with you because. <laughs> You're going to have to have some different colors because the water clarity is going to be a little bit different this year with uh, with lakes clearing up. I think we're we're in for a big surprise in Lake Bemidji and Leech Lake with the the clarity. It's going to be amazing. One of the other things that uh, people are talking about that was a big issue last year, and that was uh, minnows getting minnows. And I've you know hearing reports that that could be a concern again. What are you? F- hearing what are you seeing as far as minnow uh, numbers this year well you know i i have all the bait shops and uh, sports shops around the area uh at on my phone ready to press dial and i even have the trappers on speed dial and it is not good a lot of the minnow ponds it froze out um and we're going to be fighting over fatheads the one bait that we will get uh is spot tail shiners as soon as we start getting those 50 degree waters and they come into the traps you know uh i just hope that uh we can work with uh, the dnr to get a little bit more easement on that because spot tails make our northern walleyes go around and yes plastics work but typically plastics when you get to the 70 degree water temperature uh where the fish will just stare at a minnow under a bobber and not eat it but you throw plastics through and they eat it instinctive strikes uh, is where plastic's really key in the color and the, the action, but they do work in, in cold water and with today's modern plastics, I think it's super important to pay attention to it, and uh, I'm super excited for what Northland's coming. I can't let the cat out of the bag in that department, <laughs> but let's just say there's going to be some baits that you might leave the minnows at home. Really? Oh, boy. Yeah, and now, mimic minnows have always worked, and they're still tried and true yeah, because they have a small tail. And that tail, you know, walleyes don't want a great big tail slapping them in the face. They just want a little subtle tail, and the mimic minnow still is a perfect profile. And if you pick up a, a plastic paddle tail, that that plastic's be super soft, and mimic minnows are real soft. Uh, you know, the impulse plastics work really well. I use them quite a bit on on cast leech and winnie and even up at red and then jig worms uh, impulse jig worms work super well um the key ingredient i think uh, for anglers to remember is to just apply a little bit of scent on some lakes and other lakes you don't need it uh, they just in clear water plastics work better uh, i think it's 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 amazing how clear all the lakes have gotten but i'm using plastics more than i ever have 
So you just want to make sure to have a lot of fireball jigs, but maybe long shanks if you're using plastics. And Northland has tungsten fireball jigs. Make sure you grab them up because they, they're hot, and I think they're going to sell out pretty much everywhere. So load up on tungsten fireball jigs from Northland and uh, and then MVP and uh, jigs and the weedless fireballs. Um, and then you could add a plastic tail. If we can't get uh, fatheads, which probably froze out most of your ponds, rainbows, a lot of ponds froze out, um, you know, spot tails are, are the bait. And uh, maybe this is the time to start working on figuring out how we could get some golden shiners back again because they're they're in huge supply in other states. It's just the water, uh, inv- you know, bad water or having invasives in their water is the big concern about that but um there's a lot of mineral ponds that are completely gone this year yeah yeah and 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 when you know some of your prime minnow um number waters yeah yeah because you you can't you can't use those waters where where we're famous for getting uh live bait no uh the minnow ponds froze up but some of the leech ponds Okay. Are shallow and they might have froze all the way to the bottom. And, you know, it's, they can't live, uh, in, under those conditions. And some of the trappers I know that were getting minnows for us in the middle of winter, they weren't able to trap them, uh, in February. And so that, they're not just dead, they're way dead. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> when they stop trapping, their, their oxygen starved. And even some of our lakes starved, but, uh, it was a winter to, you know, to kind of forget or remember because they're even concerned about big bodies of water like Traverse Lake, which is on a river, it's a wide spot in the river, was in danger of, of winter killing. And we probably are going to find out uh, how many lakes up here got winter killed. Um, little flowage isn't bad, but it's not enough. And uh, But I, I think spot tails, the lakes are full of them. I, I snagged a few when I was jigging with uh, my buckshot rattle spoons um this uh, winter and they're so thick you could snag them that just tells me that it's going to be that's another bait if we can get if we can get some spot tails we'll be good but you know the the fat heads crappie minnows uh rainbows they were the the, the bait that kind of filled everybody up in between uh the expensive ones yeah you can get creek chubs you can get spot tails you can get a few goldies here and here but the goldie little uh natural goldie or stocked golden uh, ponds are, are uh, froze out. So we might be stuck with expensive bait. So time hmm. to start uh, seeing what Northland has for plastics. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, uh, you, you mentioned a number of products, and, and you go to all the shows. Uh, besides what you've already talked about, is there any other cool new stuff coming out that anglers should go check out since they have nothing better to do than go shopping right now? Well, you know, even... uh uh, deep V hair jigs. I'm starting to use those more, and they work really well. They flare out. You can catch a lot of fish out of hair jigs. Just add a little bit of plastic on the main body of the long shank hook to, to kind of spread the, the the buck hair out or the um, the feathers. And uh, you know the deep V hair jigs work really well. And uh, just simple baits. Um, you know even uh, the impulse uh, a twister tail works really well, but. Uh, crank, crankbaits too, bagley, uh, little, uh, rumble, uh, bugs are gonna be perfect for the area because they look like a shiner or small fling minnow. You could pitch crankbaits, uh, 
we do really well pitching and slow rolling them. Uh, and it's kind of something that we don't do, but when visitors come from other areas where they just troll, they use their stuff here and they hammer the fish. Um, and night crawlers, you know, if night crawlers, uh, there, there's times where minnows work better, but night crawlers are still a good bait to have. And some bodies of water, some lakes, they work super well. So we'll have to see what we get for leeches. We're still kind of sitting in that unknown part, but I'm sure quite a few leech ponds froze out. But there's so many ponds, and some are deeper than others. There's going to be some that survive. But uh, uh, you want to make sure uh, right now, as you're getting out, try try different things. Uh, pick up some Bagley uh uh, Rumble series crankbaits, uh, Northland crankbaits also. Northland's more the walleye series with the, uh, uh, Rumble bugs, uh, Rumble shiners. Grab some of those, uh, if you're in a situation where you could pitch crankbaits. Um, and, uh, so there's alternatives to just putting on a minnow, uh, especially, or, or plastics. You know, so buck hair jigs and deep fees. Just remember that when you're in the shop and visit your shops. They'll have all kinds of neat things you can use. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, uh, that's one of the fun things about uh, waiting for the fishing season is you get to go look at new stuff and think about new stuff and buy new stuff. Absolutely. And last last May, it was a little bit, it's a lot more advanced than this year, but actually did real well with uh, impulse paddle tails and a, a drop shot. So I've been using a lot of drop shots uh and I rig them a little different. I call them the stealth rig. They got a instead of the hook being tied right on the line, I make a little finger so that the walleyes when they come up, they grab it, they suck it in. Where a traditional drop shot, they might rip your leech off or or they'll turn away because they don't want to go right up to the line and touch their their nose on the line. If you have a little finger line, add a bead, then add a piece of plastic, so a little red bead and an impulse plastic on a Gamma Cats or Worm Hook or a little Aberdeen Hook works super good. And so there's going to be some tricks in in the rod locker here, but uh, so everybody just uh, just plan on trying some other stuff. And there, if there's ice, go where there's open. You know, look at look at maps, which lakes are shallow, and every, every shop you can visit, you know, uh, in the area is going to have, you know, their experiences on, Typically, what are the ice out lakes? Where would you go? And we might see a little bit more crowd on, crowds on the ice out lakes because there are going to be lakes that go out way earlier than others. And we do have a lot of walleyes in smaller lakes, too, around the Bemidji Park Rapids, Brainerd, all the way through Longville up to Grand Rapids. And there's a lot of little lakes that have walleyes in them. Bro Brosdahl explains it all. We'll wrap it up with him next. I'm Bruce Jean at Rainy Lake Guiding. I always like to give to those in need. That's why I'm on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, because we all know Kev Jackson is sure in need of knowledge. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. Thanks for having me, legendary Kevin Jackson. (laughs) 
We are wrapping it up with Brian Bro Brosdahl. And, Bro, well, I know you are also a big panfish guy. You love pan fishing. Um, what are you seeing uh, as far as panfish goes? Everything looking good there? Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be really good. You know, they, with this, that tough winter, uh, poor viewing didn't have as big of an impact as it could have. Uh, now, in the past, only a few people really had it, but just about everybody's got, uh, you know, a Humminbird Mega Live or other brand where you could just turn your, uh, your uh, sonar and look out until you see panfish and then fish for them. Uh, it's a little different sometimes in open water. When you start getting weeds uh, coming up, they can hide a little better, but you still see movement on the screen, and it's it's going to be good. I think panfish, it's, it's kind of collision course because typically uh, when the ice goes out, I like to fish jumbo perch. You keep the males and you throw the big females back, and they, they're really on the feed bag, and this quietly the best perch fishing of the entire year. And then after that, then the walleyes kick in, and then the pike return from, they run up the streams. But <clears throat> there's another thing right now is the border waters never close pike. And so, and the northern pike are really putting a feed bag on now. So if sturgeon's not your thing, if you like to cast, there is 100 miles of water there to fish. <laughs> you know, <laughs> up on the border in rainy, this is just full of pike. So... And uh, it, and I don't think the border bass even close up there. Uh, so there's always fun things to fish there. Um, but in our area, there's uh, we we have uh, in the Bemidji Grand Rapids area, we have kind of the lion's share of jumbo perch. And a jumbo perch is a perch that actually is not bait fish. It's 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 a quality catch perch that 11, 12, 13 inch range, and and so we do have quite a few in our lakes and when they're they're concentrated in the spring and and then they kind of disperse throughout the lake so there's another opportunity for those fishing in old old weed beds are the first to open up and what's in the old weed beds the perch um i know it takes a while for these things to kick in and and it's a long-term game but are you seeing anything in the early returns from the new panfish regs Absolutely, it, you know the you know the, the five limits, ten limits are helping. They do identify the lakes that do have them because they're obviously trying to protect them. So more anglers are finding out where they're at. And but I I've noticed the younger generations don't even want to keep them. They throw them back right away, and so it is working. There's still some uh, you know want to make sure the freezer is full kind of people out there that they'll go. Get, to a five limit lake and then they return later because of the statewide limits 20 for big bluegills they'll, they'll get the five biggest ones they can catch in their outing and then go back four more times well that that's not working there's there's a reason it's five but it does protect lakes from getting hit uh repeatedly with a full bag limit when the fish are vulnerable and uh, it's working and uh i know they're they're doing a workshop and they're deciding what to do with minfish on barrel trauma uh, coming up here. And uh, that's where someone might set up a, a hard house over a deep school of crappies and just keep fishing them. Instead of leaving when they get 5 or 10, they just keep catching or releasing fish that are dead every time they catch them. And they've studied it. 26 feet is 
is uh, pretty much unsurvivable for crappies and bluegills, and still some in that low twenties still die. So, you know that it's just a simple issue. Don't if you don't make it a law, there's still people that will go there and sit all day and catch hundreds of them. And uh, so they're working on that. Outside of that, everything's pretty good, and uh, I think uh, you know it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the how the crappie bite is on Big Red. You know that that was a huge thing when the crappies were there. And if it's just a small a pod or a giant school that's moving through on the lake, it's not like the old days, but it's pretty good and just another opportunity for people. So I think it's going to be pretty doggone busy there at that access. <laughs> Well, before we wrap it up, uh, we got to do another Fast Five. Oh, boy. And i got some good questions for I think they're good questions anyway. Are you ready? Awesome. Yes. All right, here we go. Fast Five. 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 Question number one. Bro, Brosdahl, you've been told uh, that you're going to be in fishing purgatory for the rest of your life. You'll get to fish, but you can only fish one lake. What lake is that going to be? Rainy Lake, Canadian side. <laughs> you didn't even pause. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Easy one for you. Question number two. I know you love your fish, but overall, what is your favorite food? Oh, boy. I guess I, I'm a seafood person. I like all food, and I resemble that fact. <laughs> um, I, w- I would say if I had to pick one favorite that is super tough. Um, it, it's pretty hard for for me to pass up a fresh uh, off the grill steak. Boy, you and me both, man. You and me both. Nice, a good thick steak. Yeah, I would say I could survive off that the rest of my life. <laughs> Question number three: Are you a pop drinker? Uh, only with a little something in it. Oh. Outside of that, I, I like coffee, and uh, you know I, I turn my coffee into pop. You know I add a little bit of this and that to it, but uh, I'm a coffee drinker. And it's, it's just a quick story. Yeah. When I used to work at a resort, you could have any pop or any coffee, but if you take one pop out of the cooler, you had to restock it. So I became a coffee drinker because <laughs> you didn't have to restock that. <laughs> well, my story is similar. A job I had right out of high school. The coffee was free. The pop cost money, so I started drinking <laughs> coffee. Now the coffee is way more expensive than the pop. I, I, well, I know it's, it's hard to beat these these, uh, these coffee drive-throughs that are, you know, they have some real octane to them. And uh, but no, I, that's when I'm guiding or wherever I'm at, I I have uh, plenty of coffee. I might have three thermoses of coffee. Just I like it, even if I'm wired. I like coffee, and uh, if I'm not drinking coffee, I drink water. Okay. Question number four. Back in your high school days, who was your celebrity crush? Oh, I would say this is going to date me, probably, but I think Raquel Welch. Oh, wow. Even though she was old and I was just a little kid. <laughs> Raquel Welch. That's, that, yeah. You're going classic there. Yeah, there were some newer ones, but that one... You know, it, I, I had, uh, I think uh, back then, I, she was in a movie and she wore the cave outfit and she was good looking then. 
I don't think you're going to get many arguments on that. <laughs> no, no. I, but, it, you know, I, a lot of other runners up, you know, I was thinking, you know, back then, uh, and if people, the young generation ain't going to know who any of these people are, but like uh, Farrah Fawcett, uh, Lita Ford. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, not so much Madonna, though. Maybe, you know, once you first come out, but it, it, so Raquel Welch. She didn't say nothing. She just posted the picture. <laughs> and finally, question number five. When you do uh, eat fish, how do you like to prepare fish? What's your favorite way? Oh, man. That is tough. I guess one of my favorite ways is to uh, broil it with uh, a little bit of almond and uh Little, little slivers of almond, slightly seasoned, and a little bit of Parmesan to add crunch to it in the oven. Mm, that sounds really good. That sounds really good. It, it, it is good, and it's super good for you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely better than frying, right? Oh, uh, uh, well, and frying is good. I mean, I, I do love a good crunch crunch uh, uh, ways to do it. I mean, one of my favorites for a time was, was coconut perch. Um, you can do walleyes, but perch are really firm, so they hold up really well on the recipe. Just rolling, you know, a uh, panko-style perch with in a little bit of coconut, and then, and then frying that, being careful not to burn the coconut on the outside, is super good. But broiling uh, fresh walleye is going to be the way we're going to do the opener. Oh, nice. All right. Well, there you have More it. Or I'm going to have to get a burger. If, uh, <laughs> I haven't failed yet, but I got a real tough point. I got my wife, Heather. Uh-oh. You know, she, she don't care. You know? Yeah. As long as, uh, you know, we, we're all fishing. All right. Well, those are the uh, fast five for Bro Bros all this time. Hey, bro, I, I'm assuming you still got some spots available for fishing season this year if people want to go fishing with you. Absolutely. Uh, June is uh, pretty much completely booked, but you could check. There's a few dates left. And then the rest of the season, there's plenty of openings. And would like to get you out in my new Lund 2075 Pro-V with a 300 XS. Are you? I know you're getting ready for fishing season, but you still doing anything uh, on socials right now? Absolutely. Check out the Bro Road Show Tuesday at 7. Tonight it's on, and... So Tuesday at 7, and we're going to be talking with fishermen from all over the place and then find out what's, you know, comparisons and how's your bite, and, and the we're going to know what's going on in the area, but Tuesday at 7. All right. He's Brian Bro Brosdahl. Love having him on the show. Bro, thanks for taking the time today. Oh, absolutely. Uh, everybody, good luck fishing, and think warm. Fish out, Bob Barn, yeah, country, country.